Well, I have sat down. I mean, I just recorded 30 minutes of rambling and realized I've said nothing. So I've re-recorded. This is, uh, I've done this, I've done this take a few times, not even just today. I've actually sat down to record this a lot of times. And I try to do this without notes because I think that notes... I really want to say what needs to be said, you know? And sometimes my thoughts can be organized by writing, and sometimes they can be um, overly analytically um, hard to follow, like a wordy, you know? And I want to be, I want to talk to you. I want to I want you to listen to me, you know? I don't want you to feel like I'm reading a some sort of psychology book to you. I don't want you to feel like I'm, you know, reading off my bullet points or um, I mean, I get that it's a one-sided conversation, but I hope that you're listening. You know, I, I don't want you to tune out. I don't want you to... This is one of the biggest things that that I seem to come across when it comes to men's mental health is people don't listen. I mean, really, any mental health, it's one of those things everybody thinks that anxiety and depression and mental health is a break glass in case of emergency situation. And it's seriously not that. We, we, we feel good. We feel all right. We're not thinking about that thing. We're busy. So we don't think about it. We don't bring it up. We're, we're feeling all right. Cool. And then it comes up later and it catches us off guard. And that's when we desperately, we reach out to friends like me and say, dude, I'm fucked. I'm like, help. My brain's not working right right now. And I'll tell you everything I can. And I send you a bunch of links and I send you a bunch of videos and I send you a bunch of articles and I tell you to read this book. And I tell you, uh, I send you this video and I send you a podcast I did and I, all these things, um, you know, and you don't fucking listen. You don't listen because you're waiting till it's time for an emergency to solve these very real problems that you're walking around with every single day, all day. They don't go away. You're just not thinking about, they're not at the forefront of your mind because there's other things that need to be taken care of. But below the surface, these things that are causing you turmoil are brewing. They're chilling, dude. They're, they're there. So, you know... I don't want to say this as, you know, if any of my like friends, like close friends or, or people who have reached out to me, you know, through this podcast, I've had a lot of people reach out to me personally, um, you know, and ask for advice and ask for help and stuff. And it's the same instance of they ask for help when their house is on fire. And it's like, what do you want me to do, man? Like you want me to throw water balloons at your burning house? You have to fucking deal with this stuff when you're not suffering. And I know that that sucks to hear and that really sucks to hear <sighs> because like who's got the time, you know, this seems like some sort of hobby, right? This seems like some sort of like, oh, well, that's the thing that that guy's interested in. 
That guy likes mental health stuff. That's a fun hobby of his. Like, nah, dog, I was going to murder myself when I was 26. I was going to, I had a gun against my temple. I just knew that I was part of the 27 Club. The 27 Club is uh, artists and creatives and musicians. They, when they're 27 years old, they overdose or they kill themselves or they, they're just some sort of thing. And I had that. I didn't tell anybody, but it was just weird background task. There's just this thing that I knew and accepted and like it, it in my head, me to me. Yeah, I'm going to die when I'm 27. I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a real artist. Like what? Listen to that madness. What the hell? That was just a background task that I didn't deal with, that I didn't sit with, you know? So, you know, I, I guess I say that hopefully from a place of vulnerability and not a place of, um, you know, if like if you have never put a gun against your temple, like don't think that, uh, well, I'm doing all right then. I haven't got that far yet. Like, no, man, if you're here, if you're listening to this, if you're suffering, you don't need other people's story to validate it, man. You're suffering. You're suffering. Stuff sucks. You're feeling depression. You're feeling anxiety. You're feeling the feelings of depression. You're feeling the, the human feelings of anxiousness. In our modern world, what it does, we label everything, we identify everything. It's like the way that our, we think, like in the Western world, our structures of thought actually label everything. We identify with everything. And so when you have, you know, a few weeks, a few months, a few years, maybe a decade, whatever you got going on, if you have this consistent time of like every day, every other day, a few times a week, whatever it is of feeling depression, after a while, it's like, of course, you're going to start to say, yeah, I'm depressed. I mean, I feel depressed. Like you identify with it, you label with it. And, uh, you know, and I don't say that as it's like a bad thing. You know, you know, listen, listen carefully here. You know, I'm not. We label ourselves as things so we can. We have this part of our mind, you know, the ego part of our mind really it likes knowing. It likes feeling safe where it's at. It likes knowing that it knows who itself is. So when it could say, like, I'm a depressed person, suddenly it knows, like, cool, here's where I sit. Here's where, I, like, cool, I feel safe. It's like we almost, we trick ourselves into labeling, labeling ourselves as I'm a depressed person. I have depression. Like, it's like some sort of, you know, like growth on our neck. Like, yeah, I've got it. You know, and there is some senses of, of thinking about that because I think depression and anxiety is, you know, if you've never heard of this example before, you know, if you have, uh, if you break your leg and your legs in a cast, you know, it's very visible. You can see like, wow, this dude's got a broken leg and it's, it's in pain. It does not work properly. It has to, it has to heal. It has to sit there. It has to just wait and not be put on, under a bunch of strain. And there's not a bunch of like, when you have a broken leg, you don't, all right, what you need is sprints, man. You need sprints every day for a month straight and that thing will get so strong and sturdy you don't even have to face the truth that it's broken bone. Nah, you got to relax. You got to just chill out. You got to let the body do what it does. And your mind is kind of the same way. You have to 
you know, we, we, we see the broken leg, but we don't see the depression. We don't, we, maybe we'll see the anxiety. Maybe we'll see the sadness. Maybe we'll see kind of the, the hunched over shoulders. You know, we see it in ourselves. We'll see it in other people. Like, you know what it looks like when someone's depressed, you know, you, you picture, a, you know, someone with a hood up, you know, and if they're happy, if they're not depressed, if they're confident, if they're, um, you know, fulfilled within their own life, their chest is out, their shoulders are back, you know, their, their, um, their posture is taller, their spine is erect, you know, there's a difference, you know, we, we, we don't necessarily see depression like we would see, you know, a very visibly broken leg, for example, but, you know, there is um, telltale signs, you know, we could see within ourselves. Um, but the, the reason why I say that is, is the, the structures in which we think in our Western world, and when I say Western world, you know, the U.S., you know, the Western world, we think differently than the rest of the world. If you didn't know, if you haven't watched a damn video, if you haven't, you know, listened to other people outside of your hometown, we think differently. Our structure of what we learn, the knowledge that we gain, the books we read, the way we're taught, the, the um, delicacy in which we're taught, the aggressiveness of which we're taught, the everything that we are, this whole structure has built upon it you know we think we are these people this person who is like if i was just born into you know a village of 150 people and i never had a phone i never had technology i never had um you know all these experiences we think we'd probably pretty much be the same person just you know with less stuff but we we would be so unrecognizable to ourselves you know the structure you're not just born this thing and you're exactly who you are because you were born that way that's a lot of this problem here is a lot of us think we're like oh, i'm born with depression no no there's genetic markers there's um you know epigenetic expression experiences and traumas and um, these things that can you know d d depression and, and these sorts of things and mental health issues do run in my family but that doesn't mean that my experiences out here correlate and 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 Hmm, let me back up. See, this is more of what I keep doing with these. Every time I sit down to record this, I kind of feel like I get into these corners where I, I, I recognize that I'm not speaking as clearly as I should. Like I, like I recognize that people who are listening right now may be like, okay, what are you, what are you saying? What are you talking about? And that's, that's kind of how this stuff goes, man. This is, this is philosophical. You're contemplating your mind. There's nothing to do right now but listen and allow the words to like move through your body and usher in epiphany. I always like to say the ushering in of epiphany. We think we're the ones who solve everything. We think we're the ones like, all right, cool. If I read these books, then I, me personally, will know exactly what to do. And it's like sometimes when you're reading the books, the information is is being unwound underneath you, inside of you. The um, false beliefs of who you think yourself to be or what you thought before you read that book. If you're willing and you're open to it and that piece of information that you're consuming, it can change who you are at the level. And you don't, the thing is, you don't go, I am going to consciously choose to change who I am now, now that I have read this important piece of information. You know, it doesn't work like that. We know it doesn't work like that. You have to allow these things kind of like work underneath the surface. And what happens Back to what I was saying with us not listening, we get in the fucking way because we think we know. 
We seriously think we know the answers. Like, guys, I'm talking right to you. I'm looking you right in the damn eye. You don't fucking know. If you knew, you wouldn't be in this position. You need more information. You need more knowledge. You need to learn. You need to step outside of your ego. You need to step outside of the way that you've been doing things, and you need to try something different. If the way that you've been doing things is not working out for you, try something different. You know, I think a lot of this depression stuff, when we identify with it, it allows us to not take responsibility for it. And this sucks and this feels very uncomfortable to hear. And if you're hearing it, like, please just keep listening. Take responsibility for the way you're feeling. Do not blame it on genetics, on the story, the society's like, we're depressed and we're a depressed society. And suddenly you're like, well, I guess I'm depressed too. And you know, like that's, don't let them do that to you, bro. That takes away your power. I did that for so many years. I like, I was someone who is depressed. I'm a depressed person. I went to the doctors and you have a, a three minute, four minute conversation with these people and they're right on your chart. Cool. Yep. You have bipolar depression. They run on your chart. Cool. You have major depression disorder. I've never spent more than five minutes in these, in these doctor's office visits. They don't ask about my, my nutrition. Um, they don't ask about, they hardly ask about like my physical exercise. I, I bring up all these things, my supplement intake, my nutrition, all these things. And it's like, they're just waiting for me to quit rambling so they can just tell me that I'm depressed. You know, they're not fucking listening. And, and it's the same thing that, that we're doing to ourselves. So we're not listening. We're not listening to external input. We're not listening to like things that, you know, weird, uh, you know, mental health dudes with podcasts tell you about like me. You don't listen to me, but you also don't listen to yourself. You, you have to quiet down. You have to, you have to get to a point where you can hear what's going on. But when you're constantly go, go up, move. Oh, I can't do that. I dude, I can't sit in a room by myself. Like, what are you talking about? No, I cannot sit in silence, bro. I cannot sit in the car with nothing playing. Like, all these things that you tell yourself that you can't do that you don't do because that ain't you. Well, what about the things you're doing don't seem to be working for you? You know, what, what, what about that? You know, what, what if your relationships are suffering? What if you're not able to show up for your family members the way that you want to do? Maybe you're not able to show up for your kids, for your wife in the way that you want to do. And what happens here is we make ourselves feel guilty. We make ourselves feel inadequate. And the story that we're kind of told, the story that's like through the zeitgeist of our modern culture is kind of this like, like you're not good enough, you know? You're not good enough because of these things. And we fucking feel that, man. And we feel, I think as men, we feel so inadequate. Like we're so aware, man, of like as, as much as, you know, in the public eye, I think we put up our ego of like, I'm fucking fine. Like I'm handling my shit, you know, like we're good. But I think deep down, I think we're very aware of our inadequacies. I think we're very aware of like, God damn, my mind is kicking my ass. Like I fucking... Man, my baby was just crying and like, I hate that fucking baby. I hate it. And then we make ourselves feel so bad about feeling these feelings of hate for a baby because we weren't able to like stay patient in that moment. We make ourselves feel bad and we label ourselves, I'm an impatient person. I'm not a good dad. Instead of, you know, we label ourselves like we're just like, you know, some sort of outside lens on the outside of the earth, just like, Oh, that's who that person is. I just watched him do it. That's who he is. That represents who he is. Like, what are you talking about, man? Okay, so you got a little impatient with your child. So you're, you're a little sleepy. 
So maybe you worked extra so you can pay for the food to feed for that child. Maybe, um, you know, maybe you got in an argument with your significant other and so your, your patience is thin and, you know, the baby just won't stop crying. And, you know, all these things, we, we label ourselves like, I'm a bad dad. Well, no, what happens, what we're supposed to do is we notice the obvious things. We don't have to, this isn't even like you need to read a book and find out what's good and bad. You know what's good and bad, dude. You know it. You know that when you raise your voice at your wife, when you raise your voice at your kid, you feel, you don't feel good afterwards. Even externally, if you like double down on that thing, inside, if you're not bullshitting yourself, which, I mean, you've just heard me talk about it out loud so you can no longer bullshit yourself. Sorry, surprise. Just listen, man. Your inner experience, your inner truth is trying to kind of guide you, but you feel that you need to keep this front and keep this armor on, keep this. It's like we're constantly, it's like we're almost taking care of the version of ourselves that other people see and know versus how we truly, truly feel right now and like accepting how we truly, truly feel. You know, men's mental health, it's this crazy, I try to think about why it's so crappy, you know, why is it so difficult for all of these, like, why is there not only so many men in suffering, but like once they're suffering, why do they have such trouble listening? Like, what was it about, you know, I try to think about when I finally started kind of getting better and start kind of starting going, for me, it was just this, you know, I was suicidal. There were so many years of just feeling like a complete bag of dicks and just accepting that and just like really trying to do my external face the best I could, but my inside was just suffering. And like, you get to a point where the anxiety, man, the anxiety is tough because you can try to hide your sadness and you could put on a fake smile and you could puff your chest out. And, you know, even though you don't have the correct muscles to support it you can make it look like your chest is out and you're tough and all these things you know but the anxiety will give you away when you're not able to be calm in like everyday instances you know you like just something regular at work and you start like getting anxious um a lot of us so so i mean there's different types of people i think introverted people kind of um we turn that anger at ourselves. Like me, I'm very mean to myself in these moments. I'm very disrespectful. I'm very um, self-deprecating. I'm very like, I'm apologetic externally. Like, I'm so sorry to inconvenience you guys with my, you know, piece of shit mind. Uh, But I'm just mean to myself inside. And there's other people who, um, it hurts so immediately to feel those things inside. And they have so many guards up against, um, maybe you're one of these people, maybe you have so many guards up against feeling hurt and feeling embarrassed about having anxiety or feeling the anxiety even in the first place that you, boom, you you project, you trampoline that bad feeling out to someone else and you, you yell at someone, you externalize these things or you judge someone or you start talking shit about somebody, you gossip. I mean, this is like, w- women do this a lot when they're feeling something uncomfortable in themselves. This is when they're always gossiping and we're like, what the fuck are you talking Why do you care? A lot of times... The thing that men do, you know, maybe it's not just introverts. I think a lot of men just, we bring it inside, man. We shove it in there. We're like, instead of 
looking for inadequacies in other people and pointing them out. You know, women do this a lot and I'm not trying to talk shit about women. I'm just trying to give an example of how we think differently. Um, and they gossip and they're like, oh, Cynthia did this. And I'm like, I would never do that. It helps them understand who they are and like gives them a position in the hierarchy of, of you know, beings and people in, 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 our, um, in our civilization. But we bring it inside a lot of the times. We, you know, either we act out and we yell or we freak out and we have our anxiety attack and we like tell it like it's, you know, we know how we act when we're, when we're anxious. It's not our proudest moment. We're like, you know, we're barking orders at people. We're, we're like telling people, no, I can't, I need to, or I need to, no, I need this. And you know, we're just trying to, in that moment when we're having an anxiety attack or a panic attack, we're just trying to fucking breathe, you know, and we're in fight or flight and our, our heart is is elevated and all, like all the cortisone levels are through the roof and there's all these things that are going on and we're just trying to like find some grounding in those moments, you know, and, you know, like I said, either you do it externally, some people do it externally, some people do it internally, you know, and sometimes the internal can start to spill over and you just kind of become like an anxious like mess out here, you know, I've been there plenty of times, bro. Um, but, you know, the, the thing is, I keep saying you don't listen. You're not fucking listening. You know, that'll be a reoccurring thing I'm going to say here. And the thing is, you're not listening. If, if you get to that spot all the time and that's when you hit me up and that's when you, that's when you, you know, think you could pull up the breath work. That's when you, you know, listen to the YouTube. That's when you, um, you know, these last straw moments, you wake up the next morning and you do your best to not think about them. Have you noticed that? I get texts from people late at night. They've been drinking, they've been smoking, they've been, um, you know, people are on Coke, um, hit me up late at the night and they're just, they're looping their bad thoughts and they're stuck and they're, they can't sleep because they're anxious because they're just repeating that same. They're just trying to solve it all in their head, you know, and what, what's beautiful, these people hit me up and a lot of times I'm able to offer, you know, I could send a big old text, I can send YouTube videos, I can send links, I can send meditations, I can send podcasts, I can, uh, hey, here's this book that changed my life. Hey, have you heard about this guy? I think he's kind of like up your alley and he thinks like you. I mean, I'm literally, I have so much, I love all this stuff. I'm so fascinated with it. I have been for so many years. I have all these different, you know, mental health hard hitters that have different personality types and they're, you know, more masculine or, or more feminine or more introverted or more extroverted, or they've had this life experience or they do this or they're an extreme athlete or they're a musician or whatever. And it's like so great because I can send like, oh dude, you would, you would resonate like, oh, oh, you have a military background. And so you understand kind of like the, the mind over matter part. Um, you understand the grit, you know, I'll send you a Dave and Goggins book, you know, or maybe that's not working for you. Maybe you're being too hard on yourself and need something a little soft. You know, I can send you, um, you know, like a, a nice female yoga teacher or a meditation teacher, you know? So we learn about all these things. We learn about all these, like the breath work, the meditation, the, the, um, you know, childhood trauma, all this stuff. We learn about it. We hear about it but we don't really take action on it. We don't really indulge into it unless we're in those moments of struggle. Have you noticed that? People don't listen until they're, they're desperate. And what I'm telling you is you will not solve this if you only address it when you're desperate. If you only address your anxiety when you're anxious, you will not solve it. If you only address your depression when you're feeling extreme depressed, you will not solve it. I'm telling you, look, I'm someone who got obsessed with this stuff. I got obsessed. I was at maybe, it's just how I work. 
I'm, I'm just, I'm just extreme. I have to, it just works for me. And it's, it's completely changed my life. And now I'm on this like weird path of, I didn't plan on this. I'm on this path of like, I really want to help people in every way that I can. And I really think that I, you know, and I have in, and it's, it's, it feels like very in right relationship with me. Like all the things, cause I, I've just changed so much, you know, my life, my life before a lot of these experiences, the life before learning about my depression and my anxiety and my, myself, like what, what is a self and what's, what's soul mean? What's it mean to have a soul? What's it mean to be a human? What are my thoughts? Where do those come from? What is this? What's going on? Who's Jake? What does that even mean? You know, like all these deep contemplative thoughts, I just got so obsessed with them. Um, and, and it, it, it fulfills me now to like, I've learned real information, man, real shit. I've been to counselors, I've been to therapists, I've been to doctors, I've been prescribed medication. I think, I mean, it, a lot of it sucks. Let's be honest. Like that's something that nobody wants to say. Something that nobody wants to say is that antidepressants are not the only fucking answer. It's frankly, I think antidepressants are terrible. I think they suck. I think, look, I know a lot of people that have been helped by them. I would hate for my opinion to stop someone from going to the doctor to get antidepressants. Like if you think like that's where I'm at, you're just about to go in next week and you just heard me rambling on about thinking depression suck or uh, antidepressants sucks. So you're like, eh, I'm not going to do it. Like I, I don't want to, I, I would, there's a lot of being careful in this world with mental health. And I recognize that and I think it is important, but I think that we also dance around shit. And I think that men need more direct to the point, honestly. I think we dance around too much shit. I think I think a lot of grown male people need like they need another homie telling them, like, bro, you don't fucking need antidepressants. You need to change your situation. You need to change what you're doing. The things you're doing are not working out for you because you're not proud of yourself. You're ashamed of what you're doing. You're not meeting up to the standards that you think you're able to meet up to. You're not showing up for your life how you know you're able to show up. You know, you're staying exactly the same and wondering like what, why everything sucks. It's like you haven't done anything differently. You don't turn 18 and get a job or, you know, go to college and get your perfect job and like you get a wife and you have a kid and like everything's all good and all your problems are solved. No. That's not how it works. If you're suffering from anxiety and depression right now, do you want your children to have the same thing? Do you want them to grow up with that? Well, let me tell you, the world might have, might have convinced you that these things are like genetic, that we're, oh, I'm just born this way. And for many years, I was so afraid of being a father for that. Like I was like, I, I'm not going to be a father. And I would lie to myself. And really deep down, I was like, I just don't want him to have like a fucked up mind like I have. I've just suffered so much and my mind is just honestly crazy and it's been so hard for me to work with it that I don't want to bring a, a child into this world and have them deal with that because that just seems cruel. That seems so cruel to give them a brain anything like mine. I used to think that all the time. But you can listen to this guy, Gabor Mate, uh, G-A-B-O-R, um, I think it's just M-A-T-E, amongst just so many other, there's just so many good podcasts on mental health and stuff these days. But really, I've learned that a lot of this stuff is not genetics. Genetics, we actually misunderstand genetics a lot. You know, epigenetic expression is something that's huge. Your experiences are what um, turn on certain genes, you know. Y your life as a young person being traumatized, going through like very traumatic experiences, um, those are more of what shape you than being born a certain way. You know, that, that's something that we really need to shake is 
Like right now, if you're listening to my voice and you have it in your, like, like, let me talk to these pieces of you, please, that think that you're like this forever, that think that you were born this way. Like you're just a fuck, like you got a bad one. You're, you got a bad body. Like you were, you're, you're the whole rest of your life is going to have to be to suffer because you just got a shitty one. That's not true. That is not true. And the way genetics work, you know, you can look into epigenetics and it gets really uh, pseudoscience-y very quick and it gets very woo-woo. But uh, there's a lot of fantastic information that really helps us understand ourselves and it makes us feel a little more in control of our actions that, you know, we can see lead to these feelings of depression and anxiety and stuff. So firstly, let me just say, I'll, I'll bring it around again. You know, if you're at a point where you need antidepressants and you're like, this is, this is, I'm suffering so bad that like I've tried all these other things and I don't, I, like, please do it. You know, it's not forever, but I would also invite you to really learn about these things outside of what the doctor is telling you. The doctor has incentives and in, in, it's just a whole mess. You know, I, I think the thing that happens with our, with our modern healthcare is the second that, like if you have depression, your next step, watch what we do. If you, okay, you admit that you have depression. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. You tell somebody, all right, well, let's get you into the doctor, man. It's okay. Like they're, you know, they kind of come from a, a place of love and support. If you tell a family member, whatever, they're like, cool. All right, well, let's make you a doctor appointment. Um, and I'm not saying that that's bad. Like I hope that you're reading between the lines as much as you can here. I think a therapist appointment is please like, yes. Oh man. Yes. Right away. As soon as you can, whether it's, you know, they have better help and all this stuff, but like, as far as I'm concerned, if you can get yourself physically in front of a person, um, you know, you can really connect and really understand each other. And I, I really think, I mean, dude, even just the conversation of talking to another person, it could be a male or a female or young or older, whatever, just get to a therapist. They're not going to solve all your problems from, for you. They're not going to give you all the answers. You're not going to go to therapy a couple of times and be like, oh, I'm totally better now. I'm completely happy and I'm going to be happy until I die. No, no, life is a process. Life is, this whole thing is consistent work. And the more you learn now, the more you can suffer less those same, you can stop tripping on the same curbs that you've been tripping on for years, like that you've convinced yourself that this is who I am and this is just how my brain works and this is the structure of my reality. That's not fucking true. You can learn new information. You could change your future by this. You can change the way that your mind is going to work in the future. And no, I'm not saying that like everybody with mental health issues just needs to do mind over matter and read a couple, you know, listen to a couple podcasts and you'll be cured. I'm not saying that, but I think that we, we really put an anchor around our ankles. We really just, man, we lock ourselves up with this shit. We feel the second that we're, if we admit that we have depression, we're like, we need to go to the doctor. Okay. Doesn't it, I mean, you, you know, you know, when you go to the hospital, you know, when you go to the doctor's office, it's when you have an injury, a, a physical injury that like, and I know I talked about like, you know, depression, you know, you see a broken leg, but you don't see depression, but it's still kind of in the same ballpark. That's true. But what are your actions that led up to that? That's a huge thing. And careful because you're going to make yourself feel guilty right away. Like, don't do that. Don't make yourself feel shameful. That's not what this is about. This is looking at what's going on in, in causation, correlation, you know? This is, okay, it's, it's 5 p.m. 
I feel fucking sad. I feel so much shitty. I'm just thinking about my whole life. I'm like, I haven't fucking accomplished anything. I'm inadequate. I stumble over my words. I've been in the same job for two years. I don't really see, like, you know, all these things. Say it's 5 p.m. It's later in the day, and that's when you're feeling the depression. Things are slowing down. Whatever you had to do that day, you know, it's slowing down. You got to look at what did you do that day, though? What were the actions that you took as a biomechanical, you know, structure here? Did you wake up in the morning and get vitamin D on your skin, you know, before 11 a.m.? There's science on that, you know, uh, getting it, it resets your circadian rhythm. Um, it's going to release all these chemicals. What was your breakfast like? Are you eating a bunch of carbs? Carbs are going to make you feel like you're digesting a lot. Um, everybody has very different reactions with food. But nowadays, honestly, <clears throat> I think that our, our modern culture has really destroyed our stomachs and our insides that, I mean, like, like we can't process these seed oils that are in everything. So it's like, what, what did you eat that day? How much did you eat? Did you overindulge? Did you make decisions with that food that makes you feel proud of yourself? Um, what did you consume? Did you wake up and you, did you go on social media? Did you spend an hour on TikTok living other people's lives or concentrating on what other people want you to talk about? Um, you know, did you, did you wake up and you do something that you're passionate about? Did you put your phone away and you, you set aside 15 minutes to play with your dog? Did you, it's 5 p.m. Are you on your phone at dinner right now? Is your daughter over there on an iPad and you're not having a conversation with her? You know, a lot of the way we feel, if you're feeling sad at 5 p.m., right? You have to look at what you did that day. You have to look at what you did that week, that month. Are you going towards your goals? Do you have any goals? There's this thing, man. We don't talk about it much because it seems like this, like, like the philosopher's stone of, only people who are on the search for enlightenment care about meaning in, in, in being someone. Every single human has a desire for meaning. We need meaning. We need purpose. If we're not living up to ourselves, if we're just playing video games all day, if we're not showing up to, um, you know, if we're not taking our wife on dates, if we're not buying her flowers, if we're not um, being silly, if we're not being fun, if we're not being a joy for other people to be around, in turn, making us a joy for ourselves to be around, if we're not working on our passions, if we're not um, proud of ourselves, if we're not pushing ourselves, you know, say you're not a creative person, say that you don't really have things that you sit around at home and, you know, you don't like painting, you don't like making music, you don't like um, writing poetry, you know, these things, you don't have to do those things. Like, what about working on your car? What about working on a project car? What about, um, uh, you know, maybe you've been an athlete your whole life. Maybe you like love working out. Are you a part of any sort of gym community? Do you have bros that you at least like give a fist bump that you walk into the gym because you've been going there for a few months. So you kind of rec recognize the same sort of people. Um, do you have a routine that works out for you? Do you have a way that is setting up your like biochemical suit here to succeed well? So, you know, the food you eat, the, um, the, the items you drink, the supplements you take or you don't take, the, um, the content that you consume, the amount of caffeine that you're consuming, you know, all of these things that we do, everything that we do throughout the day is our experience of who we are you know uh, we we're always fueling who this person is like dude maybe you feel sad at 5 p.m because you haven't done anything today towards your purpose towards being happy towards serving your wife towards serving your daughter towards serving your son towards 
taking care of your dog towards, you know, you didn't play with your cat. You didn't, you have to, life has meaning because we, we siphon for it. We, we dig for meaning, you know, it's right here, but we also got to dig for it. We got to try for it. I think that we live in this wally world of, of, consuming man we're not doing like really really think about it. like you're sitting on your phone for hours a day and you're just you're just like this is all you're doing and you're consuming this stuff and maybe it's good stuff maybe there's some good stuff and there may be some cool facts like tell me how many you remember that's a thing but you're not doing anything you're it's like you're a battery or something you know have you become a battery to other people's agendas have you been a, are, are you a part of a, someone else's system and you go to work every day and you feed their dreams and you put money in their pocket and you get just enough money to get by, but you're drained and you're tired and your body fucking hurts at the end of the day and you don't have enough energy to like do anything or fulfill yourself or like, you know, write a few lines of poetry or, or work on your project car outside or reorganize the garage or paint the kitchen or like these things that are like fulfilling and nice. And it feels good to like get these things done. And we feel like we're moving forward with them. You know, if, if you don't have any energy for that, because you just gave all of your energy during the day to someone else, like, of course, you're going to feel sad, dude. And the answer isn't, the answer isn't found in just like a new job, um, in a new work environment. It's found in what you put action into, you know, you have to give yourself something that, that makes you enthralled to wake up in the morning. And that's a tough one because that really seems like it shouldn't be something we do, right? It seems like we should wake up and like, ah, I love my life and that's why I'm happy. But no, I think the truth of it is more so you wake up and whatever your mind is saying whatever's left over from the dream world whatever you know arguments we're still having from the day before when you wake up in the morning man you gotta insert who you want to be and actually i think we should stick on this for a second because i think my life so another way that i was always a victim is I always would say like, man, I don't get how people wake up in a good mood. You know, every morning I wake up and it's turmoil. Like I wake up and it's just, there's the nihilistic thoughts. There's the feelings of inadequacy. There's the, oh, it just checked in on my body. My body still hurts. Figures. You know, it's like we, we have these, it's like, say you have like 10 thoughts as soon as you wake up. I mean, we have so many much more than that. Like our, our brains are just throwing millions of thoughts a day. But say you have 10 thoughts when you wake up and they're all negative. And they're all like, here's who I am and I suck and I'm going to this job that I hate. And it's like, you're just reassuring who you think yourself to be. But you could change that story. For me, I would wake up and honestly, it's man, it's seriously, it's like eyes open and you know eyes open you're a piece of shit ah oh, living sucks living is hard everything you do is difficult everything is heavy 
it's like I like I don't choose to think these thoughts, you know, but it's like it seems like every time I, you know, I wake up, I open my eyes and I come out of the dream world and I'm just like, oh my God, was I just being tortured in my dreams? What the fuck was going on? And, and it, it feels like, it feels like you just played like, like you played football all night and your brain and your body is so tired sometimes. And like sometimes you'll have like some energy, you know, but the, the, like the churning of the meanness is still going in your head. So let me just say like, as someone who has been there, fuck man, I'm sorry that that, that sucks. I'm really sorry that that happens. I'm really sorry, man, that, that when you wake up, your brain is mean to you. I'm sorry, dude. That sucks. And I know that it probably seems like you're probably one in a billion for being like that. You probably think you're like some sort of weird freak or something, you know, because your brain is just, you know, negative and complainy right when you open your eyes. Like, dude, of course your day is going to be hard. You're fighting with this dude all day. It's exhausting. It's just going to keep compounding. By the end of the day, now you have the day before's tiredness and it just keeps stacking. And of course, you've got anxiety about that. Things start to get heavy and your arms start to feel a little more weak than they should. Yeah, dude. So firstly, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you feel that way because it, it's, it's real. And man, I could resonate with that so much. It always felt like it took me hours to even like be functioning in the morning. Or, you know, I had to like put on this like crazy put on the mask right away and it's like try to shove that shit back down there and try to come up when you were sleeping that pain that trauma that feeling of inadequacy that um the thing i did years ago that i'm still so guilty about even though i know damn well that i'm not that same person anymore and uh, i was just working off you know i don't think that way anymore but i'm still going to try to make myself feel guilty about it every single day it's like bro you learned a lesson let it go it's done let it be Whatever you got to do to let that thing go, like if, if, if in this specific example, if you have something that you're guilty or shameful about that you did years ago, or that you did when you were younger, or that you didn't do when you years ago, or you didn't do when you were younger, or, or where you're at, guilt, shame, it's, man, that's a sticky one, right? Let me tell you, it's okay, for one, because you're not that, right? You're not that. You're not just that one thing. Are you kidding me, man? If you're going to say this one mistake I made is who I am, like what about everything that you've done outside of that? What about all the dope shit you've done? You've done? Like what about every time you, you know, someone ran out of gas and you ran them a gas can or you helped someone fix their car or um, you held the door open or you had a conversation with your little brother or you helped your aunt out or you did the dishes after Thanksgiving dinner or you, I mean, there's all these, and I'm not even just saying like good deed stuff. There's a million things all day that we do that, you know, there's no reason to feel ashamed about and, and, you know, maybe we can feel a little proud of ourselves for, you know, if, if we were a lesser man the day before and now we're, we're doing these things that we didn't get done the day before, we'd feel proud of ourselves. So you need to be able to look at where you're at and look how far you've come and go, you know what I'm doing okay because likely dude you're probably doing okay if you're listening to this shit right now you're doing okay you are in the process of helping yourself you're not not admitting any longer that you don't have depression or anxiety you faced it you're like shit what's what do they say in the um uh, the 12 step program is is you know the first step is admitting you have a problem and a lot of this depression anxiety stuff as much as I like I love to really pinpoint on like don't call yourself a depressed person don't call yourself an anxious person like you're just 
a person experiencing the human emotion of anxiousness. Everybody's got that feeling. Don't identify with it. Don't buckle down on it. But if you can, if you can, if you can just, if you can not identify with it and just experience it as a human experiencing these things and go, okay, you know, create a little distance. You got to create a little distance is the thing. You got to create a little, because you're the observer of thoughts, right? You're not your thoughts. We all have intrusive thoughts. You know, I had a, actually had a nice conversation with, um, with Ricky Hall, um, on my podcast, you know, years, it's actually been years now. Um, but she was talking about intrusive thoughts. And I feel like I, at the time I remember kind of just discovering about, wow, I'm not such a piece of shit. Like everybody kind of has intrusive thoughts and like, you just don't act on them and it's okay. Like it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're, you know, intrinsically evil deep down, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's like the intrusive thoughts are, are part of being a human in the things that you're doing, the things that you're consuming might be adding to those, you know, um, I think if you are a nihilistic kind of like, I mean, I guess I could picture kind of like a mean bully, you know, negative kind of uh, antisocial sort of person. If that person is listening to just like a ton of dark comedy and is feeling their hate, then their internal voice might be like a comedic version of mean, you know, and I think that's something worth being careful about. Um, at the beginning of when, when I started doing all this mental health stuff, because I really like dark comedy, um, uh, I really love like the nihilism. I really loved like the, um, well, I guess I'll go kill myself now. Like it was that sort of like weird. I realized at some point that that was actually like very not helping me. Like it was really contributing to my internal talk. My self-talk was just very negative and very mean to myself. And it was a lot of that sort of, I was using jokes as a way to, to write it off. And it was actually kind of a very serious thing. I mean, you're, you're joking about murdering yourself it's fucking serious just because you're laughing doesn't mean that it's that it's not serious so um at the beginning for me i actually i think i stopped consuming like everything that wasn't crazy positive like i oh yeah i did i uh i actually literally even cut off friends um if i was in group messages i was in um you know friendships that like if we just sent funny memes back and forth i'm done if we just um if you're gossiping to me, I'm done. If you're going to be negative, I'm done. Um, yeah, I was just, I was like, I can't, there's so much darkness in my mind. I need to start shoving some light in. That's kind of like where I was. So apologies for the sound of me sipping my coffee weirdly. Hopefully you're wearing headphones. So it sounds like I'm sipping it like right in your, I hope you're actually at the gym right now. Or you're at a stoplight. And you have to just listen to me. I'm going to do it again. Anyway, this podcast sucks. Um, man, uh, yeah, at the beginning, I was basically rejecting everything. Like I was, uh, I was like, if it's not going to aid my mental health, if it's not going to fix me, I'm not, I'm not doing it, you know? Um, and so there is lines in that. There is, you know, like what I just said, if it can't fix me, I would like to point out that this self-help stuff can get, dangerous isn't the right word, but it can get um, um, consuming. I don't think it's really something for everybody to worry about. I think it's something for people to worry about who are in the mental health sphere for like years and years. But um, I think there's a thing Alan Watts calls the backwards law. 
Alan Watts is a philosopher that I really like. Um, he has a thing called backwards law, which is basically when you are in a place of lack, when you're saying, I need to do these things to get better. I'm sick, so in order to get better, I need to meditate. I'm sick, I'm disgusting, I'm broken. So in order to be not broken, I need to do this thing. The backwards law, Alan Watts expresses that by putting yourself in a position of someone being you know, a victim or someone being in a place of, of lack of not having something, you're actually exacerbating it. So it's like, like, think about it. If you, if you were fulfilled and happy within your being, you would not be looking for fulfillment and happiness out there. Why would you? You already have those things, you know? I, I, I think this really, I hope that this can, thread into what I was saying at the beginning about not identifying as being a depressed person or not identifying as I have anxiety. I'm an anxious person. I think that gets us stuck. I think that, um, I think that keeps us in a cycle. You know, if, if, look, if, if that's where you're at and this is all like way too much and it's way too just dense and it's like, like you're just like, man, what? Okay. So suddenly I, I thought I had depression and now you're telling me that I don't have depression. I'm not someone who has depression. Maybe it gets a little too too deep for you quickly. You'll understand this soon, but if you're if you're putting yourself in a position of lack of not having something, you're kind of like asking the universe in a way to like reaffirm that in in, in a strange sense. Um, you know, they talk about in um, in like the law of attraction and stuff. If you've heard of any of that, you kind of like you gotta like you know they say you gotta envision it and you you. Um, you in, in your mental mind, you kind of like see your dream life and you see you living it and you and you visualize and all these things. Um, and if you've ever actually done these things, if you've ever done any sort of like law of attraction or like manifestation meditation, if you give into it, I mean, especially if you do it for like for a few weeks where you really like let your ego guards down, man, you get these like biochemical, like you're, you'll sit there in these meditations and you'll be just squirming and you've got chills through your whole body and like in your mind's eye, like in, in, in your head, like you're visualizing, you know, in your imagination, you are seeing yourself, you know, doing these things and like, oh, cool, I've got this cool red sports car and I got this nice big house or whatever it is that you're trying to, you know, manifest. But um, the thing about it though, that I've learned over like, you know, a few years of this sort of stuff, like my perception of the law of attraction has changed because, you know, at first I thought it was like total woo woo weird. And then there was a few months of me like, this is the absolute truth and this is how reality works. And then I was like, okay, let's get a little distance from it. Started kind of like understanding a little bit more. Um, the, the trick to the law of attraction is living the moment as if it were here and now. So like if you were in a place, if you were on a beach and you're relaxed and like think about all the background tasks that you can have shut so say you're on a beach you're relaxed you're married you're happy with your wife your child is healthy um you have all the money in the bank that you need you're fine on finances your work is okay um your family's healthy everything there's no like fires to put out right now you've you've 
you've been organized leading up to this, you know, like, like to, to, you guys know how good vacation works to, to get up to the vacation. You got to dot your T's. You got to cross your eyes, you know, um, har, har. Uh, you gotta, you gotta make sure that things at home are good to enjoy this vacation. You've got to make sure that, did I leave the fucking, did I leave the water on? Did I leave the oven on? You know, like you can't have those background tasks or else you're unable to be present to where you are. So what you do with this law of attraction, when you like visualize yourself in these positions, um, and it, it, it's kind of difficult your first few times, it really does kind of take some work. This is the thing that you can practice and actually gain skill on. But you visualize these things, you visualize yourself at the beach and like maybe you're going to think about all the background tasks. It's like, cool, I didn't leave the oven on, my family's healthy, my baby's healthy, you know, or you're going to like look and see, oh, I have a healthy baby, I have a beautiful wife, I have, my dog is playing fetch, the sunset is beautiful. What starts to happen in this moment, you're sitting there in your, in your living room or whatever, in your bedroom, and you're visualizing yourself be at the beach, you start to, your body actually starts to take over these, your body has these chemical responses of like relaxing, you seriously feel like you're there. And this might seem kind of like a cool little trick, but it's actually very profound. Like really think about the, the, the details of this. This is the, like the, if you can in this moment, visualize yourself elsewhere and feel it like it's here and now. Like the way that, it's not like you're going to get a knock on your front door and someone hands you the keys of the Ferrari that you just visualized in your head, you know what I mean? But when you can get yourself in the mindset of feeling that that's real in a real sense of like, you know what? I can kind of see, what happened, when we visualize things, when we use like law of attraction manifestation stuff, when we visualize a future for ourselves, you know, a lot of it's maybe grandiose. Maybe it's like, you know, more money than we think we could really make or more, you know, bigger house and, and all these things. But you really actually, when you do it for a few weeks, or you do it for even a couple of days sometimes, like you, you can start to actually see the steps in your life now from right where you're at in physical reality, right here, without the manifestation, without the thinking mind. You start to a little bit of like a staircase or like a bridge starts to kind of build between where you're at and that thing in, in, in some senses, you know, and when you can kind of like consistently remind yourself about it or like really like what would it feel like to allow myself to have those things? Like what kind of person would I be like if those things would be happening? You know, what, what, who, who would I be for that to be real? And when you put yourself in that position, when you put yourself in that mindset, it's kind of like it, it becomes more real for one. And so your everyday life is kind of like there's little instances, you know, of, of like you might meet people or shake hands with people or like see things on, on signs or like be in certain places in certain times that you probably wouldn't have noticed might be in the direction of your future self, of your future goal because you were so actually caught up in just like thinking who you are now or who you've been in the past and like, oh, I'm just a sad person. It's like when you can't see a way out, you're going to just keep looping, you know? And I'm not saying that like the only, you know, I'm certainly not saying the, that the way out of depression is to, is to sit down and manifest your beautiful life. But I think that there is, um, there is something to be said about getting ourselves out of fight or flight um, I think a lot of us are walking around seriously at all times, even when we're dreaming in a state of tense, we're tense, we're freaking, 
you know, in, in that tension turns into armor and it turns into our personality. There's this guy, Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, which, I mean, if, if you love this, like we, like woo woo manifestation, law of attraction stuff, if that sparks you and like, you're really ready to, you know what, I got a couple of months, I'm going to go ham on this. I'm feeling motivated. I would recommend Joe Dispenza, honestly, like his stuff, he has meditation retreats, he has books. Um, he is someone who, if you get obsessed with him, I think that you really could truly change your reality. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let you dive into that, but Dr. Joe Dispenza, he says some things that are very profound. There's another one that's, you know, there's some pseudoscience mixed in there. There's some stuff that's a little weird, but there's a lot of stuff that, man, when you just listen, it's, it's pretty profound. So he says this thing, um, uh, a thought becomes an action or no, oh no, a thought becomes a mood. A mood becomes a personality. Something like that, man, I I butchered it. But basically, you know, a thought, when we hold on to this thing, like this person wronged me, this person did this thing, God damn it, they suck. And then we hold on to that for more than like a day. Like it doesn't just, it doesn't just use its time. Like, all right, I had my four minutes of being pissed off about it. Now it's my job as a grown ass man to take care of business. Okay, cool. That person rear-ended me. Like, damn it, that sucks. Oh, not yeah, my whole day is inconvenienced. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, you know, my insurance and my car and a couple of, yeah, there's all those things. Cool. Well, let's deal with it. You know, when you when you can take yourself out of when you Man, I'm getting I'm getting into more corner painting. Like I'm I suddenly realize that like maybe I'm not being as useful as I could be when I'm explaining these things. I I, I want to speak to everybody. I want to really speak to the I, I, I don't want to I remember my dad. My dad was a drug addict. And I remember when I was like eight or nine. We had like lost the house. We had been evicted, um, you know, just sleeping at like neighbors' houses and stuff. And my dad was just like, just on meth. And he like finally agreed. My mom got him to agree to like go to rehab, right? And I remember, dude, he went for a couple days, if that. And I remember he called and it was like this devastating thing for my mom because I feel like she was probably like, wow, he's going to rehab. Like we might be able to fix this whole thing. He calls and he's just, this shit ain't for me. They're talking to people who are alcoholics. I'm not an alcoholic. Never had a problem with drink in my life. You know, this shit is wasting my time. You know, and he, um, I remember he had, I, it's funny, I remember this very visually, I think because it was probably a devastating thing to my mother and I was probably trying to like read her energy and trying to understand the situation. It was a very confusing situation for me as a young child anyway because there was a, I, was, I was aware of the truth, but I was also aware of um, nobody saying the truth. And I'm like, what the fuck? Our do- adults are crazy. I was, I was, every adult I interacted with was seriously nutty. I did not understand how anybody saw the world. But um, my, I remember he came back and he had like this, like, uh, I think he spent some time in the the military when he was younger. He had like this like military green sack and it had all his stuff in him. I don't know if he like got dropped off by the bus or what, but he was just like all angry and he was just, he was just storming off, you know? And, um, I don't know. The thing is he left rehab because they're talking about alcohol and he doesn't have a problem with alcohol and he wasn't patient. He wasn't listening. He was listening to, to his story of himself more than he was just shutting up and listening to the people in that, you know, the rehab circle or whatever it was, because 
you know, when you're suffering, when you're suffering yourself, especially when you're making things worse than they need to be unknowingly, and I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. Don't you dare feel guilty about it. It's part of the human experience. It's something that now that I've mentioned it, you've heard someone talk about it, you can notice and go, oh man, I was making my feel, myself feel shameful for, it was adding all this extra weight on this problem that I already had. I don't need to do that, man. That's part of being a man, to be honest. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, if my dad would have just fucking listened, if he would have just listened, if he would have just sat down and listened, like give it a couple of days. I mean, he probably couldn't hear because he's got meth in his system, you know, he's, he's, <laughs> he was probably like, imagine this man try to sit down in a circle and like listen to people go, I'm, I'm James, I'm an alcoholic and, you know, and, and I, I can't help it, but I just love Four Locos and, you know, whatever someone's thing is, you know, and my dad's just like, Fancy, just hot. You know, I don't know. I, I don't think that I could sit in a rehab meeting if I was um had methamphetamine in my system either. But I don't know, man. I, I think I, I'm using this as an example of you gotta you gotta fucking listen because if he would have just listened, if he would have just sat still, and you know, maybe maybe in this analogy it's bad because he had a drug in his system that is not gonna allow you to sit down, and like at some point you gotta like let the drug work its way out, and then you can start hearing. But um, maybe you got a drug in your system. Maybe you've got maybe your drug is is you know maybe it's booze maybe it's weed maybe it's coke maybe it's too much caffeine maybe it's energy drinks maybe it's adderall maybe it's um not even a substance maybe it's not even anything you're consuming maybe your drug is like your continuous bullshit loops of inadequacy maybe your drug is self-pity maybe your drug is feeling sorry for yourself maybe your drug is massive victimization maybe your drug is over catastrophe maybe your drug is not knowing how to use words properly maybe your your drug is um, over catastrophizing things you know that's something that i would always do is always look at the whole staircase rather than just this what's this one stair right here that i can take i'm trying to solve the problem of getting you know there's a staircase going into the clouds and i'm like i can't handle that well of course you can't handle that you knucklehead you have wings but you can't handle one step at a time. So whatever your drug is, and we've all got them, don't feel guilty about it. And, you know, as far as, let me just say, external drugs, what a time to be alive. There's a lot of amazing drugs. Like, have you ever tried ecstasy and molly? Holy crap. Like, no wonder that people are addicted to drugs. They feel great. And the, there's such a difference from how we feel continuously. You know, this life is just go, 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 more, next, more, next, go. You're going to arrive. And then suddenly we get older and we're like, oh my God, I didn't stop and slow down. And I had all these things that were just attacking me from the inside that I could have dissipated long ago. Damn it. You know, um, you know, we live in a world of, of beautiful colors and dopamine triggers and everything's built like a slot machine. And I mean, look at like Dr. Pepper, 23 flavors because they have science. They, they hired scientists. This is not that profound, but they hired scientists to... All right, what are the feelings on your tongue that like give you flavor, sensation? They release chemicals that go, ah, good, I like this, yeah. You know, that comes from finding fruit, which was very few and far between over the evolutionary process. And now that's gamed against us. The 23 flavors on our tongue are, you know, we have these, it's difficult, man. It's difficult out here. There's a lot of good shit. Beer is delicious. I mean, you know, come on. It's nothing to feel guilty about, but if you notice that the things that you're addicted to, whether it's external things, external validation, whether it's internal things, um, internal suffering, internal thought patterns, internal um, feelings of inadequacy, 
these stories that we're telling ourselves, this person we think ourselves to be, uh, this continuous loop of bullshit in our heads if we're addicted to it and it's not serving us. If it's, if it's not, the thing is, if you're doing things that are no longer serving you, what, do you, what are you doing? That's what's going on, man. Maybe you're doing things that aren't serving you. Maybe you're not living in the way that you think that you should be living, in the, in the way that you want to be living, in the way that you know you're worthy of living. You know, it's it's like there's um, this movie, The Freedom Riders, and they have this quote. And I remember, man, I used to think about this quote so much and I thought I understood it. And I actually, I had a new perception of it later in life. But uh, uh, I think it's Freedom Riders. Maybe it's Dead Poets Society. It's our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And man, that's a, that's a, I think for men, I think for the masculine, like not just our role in society, but like how our minds work, dude, like how our shit functions. I think like at the core of life itself, I think that this is something that is like part of us that we can't deny. I think we have to have, we have to have meaning. We have to have, each of us has something to offer the world and it doesn't have to be like a public, like on a stage or I'm an actor or I made this movie or I made a ton of money or like, dude, there's just like a level of showing up for your life in only the way that you can, that if you're not doing it, every day you start to suffer there's a thing this is like a this is a this is like if you're aliens studying the humans this is a something that happens i'm telling you a lot of our suffering and a lot of our pain you know we talk about childhood trauma and we talk about um uh you know people even talk about like generational trauma or like karmic experiences that they're unwinding you know all these things like, yeah, it, it's all that. It's all that. And there's these things that like you can put a marker on and like, okay, I can solve that. I can reach that. Like, okay, that thing that happened with my dad when I was younger, man, I think that is affecting me. So like, okay, I can dive into that and I can start writing about that and I can free write and, you know, nobody's going to read it, but you know, you get it out of your head you start writing it. You start talking to yourself or you, you record yourself and you listen back to it or you don't even listen back to it. You just get it out. Nobody has to hear it. Nobody has to see it. Nobody has to read it. It starts to kind of like solve itself. But the thing is, what we do, and don't feel guilty or shameful about this, what we do is we don't look at those things because they're going to go against who we think ourselves to be. If you are feeling experience, if you're feeling weak on the inside, but your external view of how the world sees you and the person you put out, the person your wife knows you as, is, is, is the tough guy, the strong guy, the guy that can handle everything, like you're going to have things that you deny. Like you're going to have these things in your head of, um, I mean, I imagine like a military guy, a military guy, I mean, man, they're really made to shove it down. They're really made to like mind over matter in this strange way. I think there's like a softer mind over matter that could be um, studied and not so much like the David Goggins of like, get your shit together. You know, there's a, there's a mindfulness, uh, mind over matter of like quieting down and refusing to interact with any thoughts that come up. And it brings this quiet that like intuition or like some people would call like God starts to kind of, um, it's not like you hear voices, you know, it's not like you hear like an external voice other than your own. It's kind of just like before the intellect, intellectualization, before the thought patterns, before the, 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 the personhood is injected into it, there is this listening that you can do 
that um, makes you feel like in, in, in right relationship with your life. I just, I just think that this is like at the core of being a human. And it's something we're not really taught, to be honest with you, a lot of um, like spiritual stuff, a lot of religious texts, a lot of this sort of like that whole world. There's, we threw out a lot of baby with the bathwater, like to be a functioning human, a lot of our internal psychological experience, like these other civilizations before us, before like now where we're at, before just like the science way of thinking, they explored these same things. Like we're not the first generation to suffer, man. Like they, there's all this crazy good knowledge and you gotta get, you know, a lot of it's, it's in different, it's in different, um, um, you know, not, not languages, but like it's a different time frame. Like look at, look at 10 years ago, how much our slang has changed. Look at, look at 15 years ago, like the way we talk, the way, look at, I, I'm a, I'm a, um, uh, um, I just forgot. I'm a millennial um, in in Gen Z and lower. Like the words that they use, like they're just flame, lit, fire, dead ass. Um, like you know, like just the the lingo that just you know within ten years it's just so difficult to understand. Imagine hundreds of years, thousands of years, and different interpretations and different ways of using language. And and uh, you know, like if there was all these fires or something, or there's all this knowledge that was lost from these ancient books of religion and spirituality and, and, you know, knowledge of the self and philosophy and these sorts of things. And it gets retold. And what, what I'm saying, I think is, um, is there's crazy good knowledge in a lot of this stuff, but you have to, you know, don't be a dick. Don't be like, I don't get this shit. It ain't me. Like, don't be, so, just chill out, you know, just stop being such a hard ass and just listen to the stuff. And maybe it's not the way that you talk. Maybe it's not the way that you think, but if you just sit and listen to it and get yourself out of the way, you know, like stop being, if you're sitting there listening to an audiobook or listening to a YouTube lecture and you're sitting there going, this ain't, this is bullshit. I don't think this, like, I mean, you're disagreeing with that information, but I don't understand if if you if what you're doing is not working out clearly it's not working out admit that it's not working out the things you're doing are not working for you so it's time to do something different you listen do you hear that you have to do something different brother you have to learn new information and you don't have to you know like Maybe you're going to start reading the Bible in private. You don't have to go get a, a throat tattoo of a cross, man. You don't, have to t- you don't have to go to church. You don't have to tell people. You don't have to, and I'm not even just saying religion. I'm saying like this whole mental health sphere. Like if you search, man, TED Talks, 15 to 20 minute, 10, you know, 11 to 20 minute, whatever they are, TED Talks, profoundly can change your life. Profoundly will make you see yourself in ways that you never saw yourself before. But you're sitting there. You're sitting there too busy to listen to a TED talk. You're sitting there like, this dude fucking talks weird. Like, oh, he's a Canadian. Oh, this guy is a, oh, he's wearing a Patriots jersey. I don't fuck with the Patriots. This guy has nothing to say. Like, stop being a tribalistic idiot. How about that? Stop being such a dumb ape. How about that? And listen to these people. Listen to this information. Listen to me, damn it. Listen to me. I had a gun against my temple years ago, man. And I'm literally, I'm publicly on a podcast. I almost have a hundred episodes of a, of a, you know, kind of mental health based podcast because I was suffering so bad. And I discovered I was able to have some switch flip in me of, of 
learning all these things. Like, dude, who I am now is so vastly different from the person I was years ago. I mean, I, I listened to so much information about this. I've read so much information about mental health and psychology and like my entire experience of the world is completely different. And I will say, I would like to point out, I'm not cured. I'm not happy all the time. I'm more comfortable in my body. I'm more confident in who I am. You know, I still have a, a ton of neuroticism in, 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 um, you know, like I said, I was, I wake up in the mornings and like I said, sometimes it's negative. A lot of times, probably most of the time it's negative, but what I do is I insert these good things in the mornings. I don't listen to, I don't, I don't social media bullshit. I don't listen to uh, whatever is on the radio. I don't listen to whatever is on TV. I don't want to like find the sixth rerun of the office and watch it in the morning. Cause it makes me feel comfortable. I want to, if I wake up in the morning and my brain is saying mean things, I'm going to say, nah, not today. No. And I'm not going to shove them down, but I'm going to say, nah, not today. What do you really mean? Is that true? like a friend, like a stern friend, you know, I wake up in the morning and if my mind is saying you're inadequate, you're tired, uh, those dreams that you have, those things that you want to accomplish next year, like you're an idiot for even like, like where, what are you even talking about? Like the, like, were you living in a fairy tale land? You know, there's all these things that like, I could do all this work on Tuesday and I could go to bed just feeling like, man, I really accomplished a lot. I feel like I fed my brain so well. Uh, I think I'm on track. You know, I, I have these goals I want to accomplish at work. I have these goals I want to accomplish in my personal life. And man, I really feel like I'm on track. And you close your eyes and you wake up in the morning and your mind is like, you're a big fat piece of shit. And it's like, what? And the thing is, what you got to do and what I do now is I laugh at that. <laughs> Oh, you think so, bruh. And like, sometimes the laugh isn't even real, you know, like sometimes like this positive person that I insert in the morning does not feel real. That's a huge part of this. When you're depressed, you're going to do a lot of shit to get out of it. That feels fake. It feels contrived. It feels made up. It feels like you feel silly as a motherfucker. If someone's watching you do these things, if you're uh, like married or you have a girlfriend or um, if you don't live alone in your apartment like I do, if you have, if you have anybody watching you, um, you're going to feel so silly. Trust me, when you start to, it's not so much that you put on the boxing gloves and you get into the ring with those thoughts in the morning. Recognizing them is the hugest thing. And when you could reckon, and when you could, when you talk back to them, when you like have a conversation with yourself internally, or even like say it out loud, please say it out loud. Try that. Literally start talking to yourself out loud in these moments. That's beautiful. Please do that. It almost like doesn't deny them because a lot of what we're doing right now, like, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't know where you're at, but if you're listening to this, you might be in a crazy state of denial. You might be denying that you are feeling such depression. You might be, like I said, you know, we push these things away because they're painful and then we break glass in, a ca it, we break glass in case of emergency because it comes back up and you start having a panic attack and you're like, what the fuck? All this stuff, it's like, it's like you forgot to batten down the hatch, you know, properly. And so like the oil of, you know, your inadequacy and like who you think yourself, uh, you know, not to be and what, you, you know, it, it starts to well up. It starts to kind of like leak out and you're like, oh shit, 
oh no you start to panic and you start you know not being yourself or you you act out or you protect your ego or you know your ego protects what it thinks it is um you know you you have to i used to say this thing in the morning let's get this bread and it's so silly but i actually did this for many years um i actually still say it sometimes um i have a, i have a strange person in the morning now that i'm realizing um i i would wake up and like open your eyes your alarm goes off or doesn't whatever you're tempted to like check through all of your emails you're tempted to check through all of your social media you're tempted to scroll through social media for a few minutes you're tempted to hit snooze i'm telling you these things are harming your life your actions the first 15 minutes when you wake up seriously huge um wake up turn off your alarm and there's this uh, Mel Robbins has this thing five four three two one blast off. It's silly, but it's like she's like been on podcast talking about it, and I started trying it. It's very helpful. You give yourself five seconds. Nico, you want to snooze? All right, you got five seconds to snooze. Don't like you're not hitting the button. Like, cool, you lay there. Five, four, three, two, one. And on one, no matter what, you make the deal with yourself. Damn it, that you get two feet on the floor. You get two feet on the floor. And you force yourself a smile and, you know, whatever you got. Look, you guys know how it is. Within a minute of waking up, you already feel like so much better. If you're a depressed person or you're an anxious person, like within a minute of waking up, you all you want to do is go back to bed. You know, you want to just, it feels so heavy. You start just thinking like, God, how am I going to handle this shit today and this shit? And, and like you feel like a, a one pound man who has to every single day as a job lift up a hundred pounds. That's what depression starts to feel like in the morning, man. It really does. And the anxiousness and the anxiousness starts, like I feel like depression can really start to start to add up all these depressed thoughts and that gets our heart level up. And then we have, you know, things that happen that are really kind of minor inconveniences, but they they set it off, you know, like we saw Will Smith in the slap. He walked up and he slapped that, slapped Chris Rock. It wasn't just in the moment. It wasn't really even about like the Jada thing. It's like this dude had some shit boiling up within his relationship and we saw the release. Like who are the people in your life that are seeing the release? And to be honest, man, you need to take responsibility for the actions that led up to that release. Because if you woke up and you started scrolling on social media, boom, you just lost a point. That's on you. You have to take action, man. You have to get up out of bed, both feet on the floor. And if your brain says like, oh, I feel shitty, I feel bad, meh. It does all this shit that our brain does and it's fucking mean and it's, uh, it's whiny and it's complaining. You got to talk back to it. Nap. I'm going to make today the best day that I can. Cool. Start thinking about things you're grateful for. Literally like shut up those thoughts by shoving in good thoughts. And again, I mean, maybe this wording isn't the greatest because I really don't want to do the spiritual bypassing. I really don't want to do the shoving down of these things because you got to bring them back up. But I'm telling you, if you're unable to like interact with your life, if you're unable to interact with these things that are causing you suffering, you've got to get out of the fight or flight. You've got to get yourself to a place of listening to yourself. You've got to get yourself to a place of like easing the pain, easing the, um, easing the like just the storm, man, just the hail beating on your window, you know, and, and listen, brother, I've been there and I know it so well, like, and, and like, dude, you can be there for years, it feels like, and, and it's, it's real, but you have to do something about it. I know that sounds overly, like, dude, 
I know that sounds like insensitive. That sounds like, dude, what are you talking about? You really think I'm not doing anything about it? You really not think I'm not trying things? There's so much more that you could do. And there's so much more that you need to be doing um, on a physical level of like actionable things that are going to add up. You know, and a lot of those actionable things are feeding your internal brain, your internal self with knowledge. And actionable, I mean, when someone sends you a YouTube video or or your wife says, hey, we should check out this documentary. Um, it's about mental health. And like, I'm just trying to like help you out with your mental health. And you make some excuse that like to not watch it. You're being a bitch. That's what you're being. You're being a bitch right now. You need to take responsibility for your own mental health. And man, I, I, I hope you feel the love when I, when I say it. Like I'm, I'm hugging you, man. I, I hope that doesn't sound insensitive. I hope, I hope that doesn't make you feel alone because um, that's not my intention, man. I, I'm just saying like, I know it seems impossible. I know it seems like, like, dude, you think if I, like you think I'm not trying, you know? You really think I'm not trying? I know you're trying. And I'm just saying the things you're trying, if they're not working out for you, you need to try something else. There's so much wisdom out here. There's so much knowledge that you need to start consuming. Think about what you watch all day. Think about what you listen to all day. If you get in the car and you drive to work and you just listen to the radio or you just put on, you know, uh, uh, Spotify hits or, or the same playlist you've been listening to, that's like kind of sad shit. Um, or it's like hardcore, um, I mean, maybe it puts you in like a place where you kind of feel good in that moment. But if it's not putting you in a place for your whole day to succeed, then you need to change your habits. You need to start inserting like, like we've seen the movies, you know, they make fun of them, right? In the movies, they have like this like chubby bald dude who's like 40 something and he's going through a midlife crisis and he has a piece of shit car and he's driving down the road and he's listening to like the, um, listen to your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You are worthy. Like, you know, like we see, we've seen that in movies and it almost seems like something you need to make fun of. But I'm telling you, if you're suffering, that's what you need to do. You need to find some mantras. You need to find some meditation. You need to find some positive thoughts because if you don't have the ability to put in some positive thoughts, you need to consume some things that will. You need to step out of your life. You need, you need to step outside of yourself. You need to stop the bullshit. You need to stop thinking that you have all the answers because clearly you don't have all the answers. And it's very cold coffee at this point. And I don't have all the answers either. You know, I don't have the answers at all. I mean, like the answers to life, what, what's the meaning of life? How can I solve all your problems with a podcast? You know, it's not possible, but my, my thing that I can do for me personally is like this podcast and like stuff that I create. Like if you know me at all, you know that I'm like a creative person. I love writing. I love, um, look, like I've been writing the last couple years, I've been writing like a ton of rap, a lot of hip hop. And I never, I don't want to be a rapper. I'm not trying to be like a hip hop star. I'm not trying to like um, get famous or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm like, it brings me joy. It brings me joy to work on these things. And like, I, I like hanging out with myself when I'm writing raps and I'm, I'm pacing around the room and I'm listening to beats and I'm like looping the same thing. And I'm just like, oh man, that'd be so cool. Oh man, oh, that rhymes. And like, it's just so, it's this fun, exciting thing, you know? You've got to, you've got to find a way for, for you to enjoy learning and, and enjoy that thing that you do. Like my, my thing when I'm doing all these things, when I'm recording this podcast, it, that's my work. That's my, 
Like you have to find your work, the thing that only you can do, specifically you can do that you can bring to this world. And it's, man, it's not a book. It doesn't have to be a book. It doesn't have to be a podcast. It doesn't have to be a YouTube channel. It doesn't have to be a, a rap. It doesn't have to be a song. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, paper mache and you make your, your wife a, you know, a flower picture, you know, find what you do well and work on it. Because when you're not channeling your energy into a version of yourself that's greater than you are today in this moment, it seems like that space gets filled with, I mean, I don't know if it's like junk, so to say, and that causes us to feel inadequate, or if there's just like this thing that wells up in the human psyche of um, like feeling bad about ourselves and feeling unable to handle things, you know, and you have to, yeah, man, you, you almost have to, in order to get out of your own way, you have to consume other ways of seeing the world. And, you know, I think therapy does this really well for people, ther uh, counselors, because, you know, when we're in our own head, we think we're like solving all these things and we have all these different points and, oh, well, I guess this way. It's like, no, you, it's like, it's all just in here circling. And sometimes unless you get some external input or someone else's view from it, you're just going to keep repeating the same things and like think you have, think you're solving answers. You think that you're coming up with conclusions that make sense, but they don't make sense. They just reaffirm your ego right now. Like it reaffirms the safeness of your ego. The ego is the thing that is in the cave and it's safe. And it's like, it's this societal structure thing of don't take action out there because you're safe in here. And like, man, the, the, the ego just want, like if you get the healthy stream of, you know, Dr. Pepper and hot pockets in your body every day and you feel satiated. So you don't have the feelings of, of hunger, you know, like, uh, the, you know, you don't feel the suffering of hunger, you know, rather than listening to hunger and like, oh, what is hunger? Is that actually a craving? Oh, it's a craving. Okay. You can like listen to it and introspect and understand it. Um, when you are listening to just the ego, he wants you to stay in the cave, man. He doesn't want you to find out about life. He doesn't want you to, you know, you're Adam in the cave. He doesn't want you to go look for Eve, you know, he doesn't want you to experienced life he doesn't want you to to wonder what happens when you when you strike that thing against that thing or wonder what happens when you rub these two sticks together and you make fire like what is that you know it, it wants you to stay safe in your cave and what's happening is you're staying in your cave and you know maybe you are in a spot where maybe you're in a spot where you're kind of like coming out of the cave or you're admitting, I, I think again, like I've said, if you're listening to this video or someone sends it to you, or you're in a spot where like you're able to even listen to a dude talk about depression and anxiety. And if you're still here, like 90 minutes in or whatever it is, that's crazy. Like awesome. Please give yourself a pat on the bat because uh, on the back, because you are making huge progress because I, the biggest step for people with depression and anxiety is this denial stage of, I don't have it. I'm not willing to face it. Um, I should feel shameful. I'm just a bad person. I was born this way. I'm stuck like this. I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not going through this thing. I'm stuck in it. It's who I am. This is who I am for the rest of my life. I don't really see a future out of it. You know, you're going to be in these different stages. If you're in a stage where you're listening to my, me right now, I just really seriously, sincerely stop and just say, man, I'm on the right path.
because you're on the right path. And I'm not saying on the right path because you're like listening to me and I have all the, all the answers or anything. I'm just saying if you are listening to anybody at all give you advice about your internal like mental experience and you have been suffering previous prior to this then you are on the right path you're helping it you know you're it's like i said the first step of um of you know the the 12-step program is admitting you have a problem like thing is you have a problem you don't sit and you wallow about it because what happens with depression is we admit we have a problem sometimes and then we go and i'm just inadequate and nobody loves me and they shouldn't love me because i'm a total piece of shit and i should feel inadequate and i am inadequate and i can never amount to anything and i'll never be anything and i can't get out of this and this is who i am and i might as well have another hot pocket and i might as well start another video game and i might as well you know whatever the thing is you're not that you're not that you have a problem you got to solve it that's what being a human is you're a problem solver it's seriously what this experience is on earth is like like in a video game I saw this thing uh, in a video game. When, you know, you know you're on the right path in a video game because when you come across a boss, like that's how you know you're you're on the right path. Like clearly you're not going the wrong way. Like you know, and you got to level up, right? What happens in a video game? You get strong. You start at level one, and you increase your mana, and you cre- you increase your health status, and you get items, and they help you out, and you get spells, um, and you get cool clothes too. That's always cool. Um, you know, and and you learn and. But, but listen, if you tried to go against level 70 boss when you're at level one, you're not, it's not even going to make any fucking sense. You're not even going to get like one hit on him. He's going to hit you once and you're going to die. Life is like this, bro. Your job is to recognize that you're on level negative one right now. And that boss, that boss, bro, you might think it's like this big old hard thing because you see these people like David Goggins and they're running 58 miles and they're... They've got all these things. Like maybe your boss is so level one that it's like you got to eat a banana today, bro. Yesterday you had Doritos for breakfast. Today you have to throw the Doritos into the trash and you got to eat a banana today. That's your boss, right? And you know it. Like I said, you know it. You can't deny these things in your own mind. You can't, you can't bullshit yourself. You have this internal thing. You have this little intuition, we call it. You know, you have this like voice that knows exactly what you're going to do that voice that remembers okay i ate doritos yesterday and i did enjoy them they tasted really good doritos are really good but i felt really crappy afterwards and you know what i felt so crappy that an hour later i kind of started to feel a little sad and then an hour after that i canceled my plans to go to coffee with my friend because i was really feeling sad and like my stomach kind of hurt and you know whatever but if you can make the correlation of like man i wonder if like if I didn't eat Doritos for breakfast, if I would feel a little bit better, and then you do it and you eat a banana for breakfast or you fast for breakfast, you have coffee without the creamer, you know, you do these little things and you start to, you're like teaching your background tasks, you're teaching your mind, you know, you're leveling up, you're increasing your mana, you're gaining a couple items. And then in a couple, uh, you know, a couple weeks, a couple months, you might notice that like you, you don't buy Doritos anymore when you go to the store. You know what I mean? Because you're being honest with yourself. You're, um, this is kind of an act of self-love is not betraying yourself when you know that you feel bad doing these things. Like drinking is a big one, man. That, that's, that's a tough one. I love, you know, I think some of the connections that I have in my life, some of the friendships that I have, some of the um, men and women that I've been able to have like such deep, profound, beautiful connections and conversations with. I've, I've had through alcohol, to be honest. I'm this social lubricant. Like I, I've really always been a fan of a couple, you know, a beer or two. Um, it just gets you like loose and it makes me, in, in that environment, it's like a lot going on and it really kind of helps me like 
just be right here and not think about all these tasks, you know. But if the juice isn't worth the squeeze, like yeah, you have good conversations, but that hangover is taking like two days away from you or the hangover is, um, maybe you don't feel a hangover of the sense of like extreme sadness or, or extreme um, um, like physical pain, like throwing up, like your typical hangover, you know, we hear everybody's had a hangover, right? But I think the day after drinking, the day after like indulging, overindulging in, in certain things, our mindset that day, like we don't even have the ability to show up for ourselves or be strong for ourselves or be patient with ourselves or have a good conversation with ourselves or be nice to ourselves or think about our future goals or, um, uh, you know, like you got to look at where that puts your mind, these things that you're doing that when you're doing them, there's like this hint of, uh, I don't know if this is the best thing for me. And I'm not saying society since I'm not saying like, um, God says that we shouldn't, you know, God punishes the gays, so you can't be gay. You know, it's not like that. I'm not, I'm just saying like, there's not these external rules out here, brother. There's not these things that stop you out here. Haven't you noticed? It's all inside, like the suffering, like these things that people talk about in the, in, in Bible and religious texts and like spiritual stuff. It's literally talking about the internal systems of our mind because our internal, our internal systems create our reality. Like it creates this, like this cup, this cup, we, we call it a cup because it has a purpose. It fills my liquid in. Like if I had never seen this before, if I had no use for this, I, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't call this a cup. I wouldn't know what it is. We see things as their usefulness. Our structure of our reality is created by in here. It's, 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 you need to update your firmware. Our hardware is malfunctioning. If you have depression and anxiety and look at, man, the numbers, like, again, the numbers are crazy right now. It's like half of our, half of America is depressed. Like people are so depressed and we don't know how to talk about it. We, we, it's like this impossible task. And our answer is go to the doctor and they'll give you antidepressants. And that's our fucking answer to this. It's crazy. We, Let me, let me to digress a bit. I want to end this soon. I want to like try to draw a conclusion. So I think our daily habits are huge. That's definitely something I want to emphasize on here. Daily habits. The food you eat, when you eat food. This might be a huge game changer for people. Stop eating after like 6 or 7 p.m. Like literally anything. Like if you, you know, have like a CBD treat or like a weed treat before bed, no, that's calories. If, if you wake up in the morning and you have creamer in your coffee, no. Like do black coffee, no calories. Before you go to bed, make sure your stomach's not digesting. When you wake up, give yourself a few hours before you, before you digest. Maybe, maybe try this. Maybe it's doesn't work for you. Fasting really like started to help me and help my mental cognition. And I um, switched to just black coffee too. And black coffee is just so great. Um, you have to, you have to look at your daily habits. Um, I know this shit's obvious and I know it's, it's like, well, dude, I do my daily habits so I can like feel okay because I just feel shitty all day. So of course I want like a video game to at least feel a little bit of happiness. It's like the one time I hang out with my friends is on a video game or it's like the one time that I get to have a good day is when I'm drinking a beer at the end of the day or like, um, you know, I, I, I work hard all day so I can have a giant, 
you know, I, I don't get off work till 10 p.m. And so I have to have like a giant meal at 11 p.m. And it's just like, it's not, I can't help it. Well, look, man, these things are affecting you. So it's up to you and nobody else to figure out what's next. Like if, if something you are doing or something in your life is affecting you, you cannot sit on the ground and go, I don't know what to do about it. I can't do anything. I guess I'll just suffer. It's up to you. There is nobody coming to save you. There's nobody coming to pick you up off the ground in these situations. If you are suffering and there's answers dangling right in front of you and you're ignoring them, this is the telltale thing of you can't help someone who does not help themselves. As someone who is, is it's, man, I'm really trying to help people. Maybe I'm doing it in my own terms. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm like way too sloppy about this. Maybe I should keep my mouth shut. But like, like what, what, when are you going to fucking listen? Who are you going to listen to? I would hate to see my friends and loved ones and people that I, that I respect and love and people who are just like me, people that I don't know, young people. Dude, I, I mean, I'm 30. I think about like all these kids who are, are, are teenagers and 20 who are killing themselves, who are, who are like, they clearly don't have the right answers. Clearly, we're not speaking to them properly. Clearly, nobody is saying the right things. Like, like, what, what the fuck is going on here? Clearly, the answer of go to the doctor and get antidepressants isn't working. You know? Like, at what point, like, like, when a medicine isn't working, at what point do you stop taking it? At what point do you get to the root of the problem? And... You know, I, I hope that people can find like something to, t- to take in this. And I'm not trying to be like grandiose and like, like I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing God's work here. I'm really help. I'm saving, I'm saving men's mental health in the modern era. I'm not trying to come from that space. I, I'm trying to like, I hope I can say things. I hope I'm saying things in ways that you haven't heard before. I think our, I think our world is so fucking soft right now in a way that is harming our men. It's really harming our men. Like we think we're supposed to be soft back, but like really we need to like stand up and be sturdy and it's not stand up and shove down those things. It's seriously like I, I am the problem. Something I'm doing is not working out. And listen, listen, don't feel guilty. Don't feel shameful about this. Me saying I'm the problem for me personally correlates to I'm the problem because I haven't taken the time to really sit down and and assess what happened to me as a child. I'm the problem because my cousin and very close friend died and it really traumatized me and I really never healed from it and and I don't really sleep very well unless I have a couple drinks before. I'm the problem because I didn't take the time in the morning to get my mind right. And so I screamed at my daughter at 11.30 a.m. And I wish I didn't. I'm the problem because I didn't take action. Because I'm feeling the exact same feelings that I've been feeling because I've been suffering. And I'm suffering the exact same way I'm suffering today that I was yesterday. And I've done nothing differently. And I'm pretending that, well, I don't know. God, I don't know. I can't do it. Why am I feeling like this? My stomach hurts. Why did I eat Doritos? It's not related. 
there is I would hate because I know that the depressed mind, you know, I'm kind of like being facetious and, and jokey, right? I, w- I want to recognize that I know the depressed and anxious mind is so fucking mean to us that like what you might be hearing right now is I'm the problem. Like you're, like you're telling yourself that. And that's not true. There is a problem though. That's huge. Because I think a lot of what we do is we deny this shit. We deny it because it's like seriously freaky to look at. Like you almost convince, like you're like, dude, I'm going crazy. I'm nuts. They're going to lock me up or something. If people knew what my intern, if people only knew what I was thinking about, they would think I'm a fucking freak. That sound familiar? I'm telling you, bro, millions of people, men and women, feel the same way. But we can't have a conversation about it. We have these weird dancing around conversations and, and, and we can't be adult. We can't be grown-ups about this shit and just talk about it and just like, man, the, the big thing, it's like, it's not, you aren't the problem. It's like, but there is a problem. There's a problem. And when you, when you can say that there is a problem, you can then begin to unwind it. It kind of loses its oomph. You know, there's this, maybe I'll end with this. If you guys have ever heard the snake, the rope and the snake analogy, you know, say you're on a, on a walk and kind of the corner of your eye, you see a snake, you know, oh shit. And you jump in your body and like, think about it. Like there's this biochemical process. Chemicals are released in your body. It's happened through evolution. Like think about it. You literally die if you get bit by a snake over the course of all these years. So of course it makes sense to, well, don't want to get bit by that snake. It freaks us out. It's not about our personality going, I just don't personally like snakes. It's really like an evolutionary thing. So like our, our primitive structure is activated by seeing a snake. Okay. So you're walking, you saw a snake. Ah, freaked out. You're tense. Your shoulders are tense. Your muscles are tense. Your anxiety is up. Cortisol is up. Walk a little bit farther. A couple more feet. A little more light shines on that snake. Oh, it was actually just a rope in the shape of a snake. In my mind, saw a snake. Oh, so what do you do now? Do you walk around in a tense state or do you drop your shoulders and go, oh, it was never a snake. My friend, it was never a snake. You need to see that what's going on with you is a rope. And just to extend this analogy farther, this might be so corny, but like climb up that rope, you know, like maybe that's a rope down into the the well that you're in. Maybe that's a rope down into the cave that you're in. And it's not a snake. You don't have to hide from it. You know, it's not a snake dangling there. It's, it's like, the thing is, if, if you look at it, you realize it's not a snake, damn it. You got to look at it. Look at it. Sit with it. And we hear that a lot. Sit with it. What does that mean? It's like some like hippie meditation thing. Sit with it. That means when you start thinking about these things and you don't have a, a, a solution, you don't have a way to solve it, you, 
you get new information. You absorb more information. You write out the things that are in your head. Because what happens is we have these things that start coming and they, and they, they loop. And we're like, I don't know the answers to this. This is tough. This hurts. It feels anxious. Like in your body, we're so out of touch with our body. Our bodies start to feel anxious and intensed up, you know, just, just as if we saw a snake. And in order to, for our bodies to like relax, instead of truly relaxing in a sense of like, ah, oh, it was never a snake. We go, we grab our phones or we grab a Snickers bar, or we grab a beer, or we grab whatever our thing is. And we've all got them I mean, and I've got plenty, man. Don't let me make you feel guilty about it. I've got my shit too. I love my phone. I'm always on this damn thing. But instead of looking for a few minutes, just staring at the shape of that snake and allowing our minds to kind of go, okay, now that I look at it, it kind of looks like it's like tan in like a rope. Is that a rope? What we do is we turn our backs to this thing that hurts, right? We turn our backs, we look away. And we look over here at our phone, we, we look over at our Snickers, or we turn our TV on, or we get our distractions, or we look at porn, or we, um, we try to find love from another person. We look at like girls' photos, and we like them. We think maybe they're going to make us feel fulfilled. And we're doing a bunch of stuff that we're not really conscious that we're doing. It's like our ego is trying to help us out, but it's actually sabotaging us more. And we think that's okay. We're looking for like short-term pleasure to cover over um, real and long-term pain and anguish. You know, we have these things that really happened to us. Maybe that really was a snake, you know what I mean? But is it here anymore? You, you don't need to carry that snake in your back pocket and always run from your back pocket, you know what I mean? There's ways to bring up these things and step into who you really are. There's ways to, to not turn away from the snake, man. And Again and again, I have to emphasize, like, do not allow yourself to feel guilty or shameful about these things. You're not going to solve it that way, man. Maybe you have something you should be ashamed about. Maybe you have something you should actually feel guilty for. All right. You felt it. I'm sure you felt it for more than a day, huh? I'm sure you felt that shit for weeks, months, years. I've done things that I've been shameful about that I, like, I mean, man, I have, if you've ever been unfaithful in a relationship, that will stick with you all day. It'll stick with you all day, every day. At all times, you're waiting for a text to come in. That's bad text. You're waiting for a, you're waiting for your whole illusion to just break down, you know? And it's all this anxiety and it's all this distraction from what's really here. You're like living layers back because you're protecting this thing that's painful. And what you really got to do is, is go, hang on a minute. And you look over your shoulder and you stare at it and you wonder about it and go, huh? Okay. Yeah, that hurts. Man, it hurts right now to look at. It hurts to look at right this second. I don't think I could solve it all right now. Okay. What can I solve? Can I look at this? Can I at least ask myself, maybe I'm not going to get to the bottom of it, but all right, I was unfaithful. Why was I unfaithful? It just doesn't seem like something I would want to do. I hurt myself. I hurt the other person. Why would I want to do that? Cool. Maybe that's step one. Maybe you looked at like why you did this thing. Maybe you looked at something you're guilty about. Maybe you looked at something you're feeling shameful about. Maybe you looked at your inadequacies. Maybe you looked at, um, 
you know, maybe you're reliving the 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 winning play that you missed in your senior year of high school and you were the quarterback and you fucking you shanked it, man. You shanked it. Your whole life could have been different. You could have could have been D1, bro. Could have been playing in the NFL if that would have went. There's all this story that's going to add up over time too and you're just going to make yourself feel guilty about that one instance of, you know, kind of throwing the football off. You got to look at that shit and realize that it's fueling you. It's, it's, these background tasks are responsible for your everyday reactions. If you are reacting from a place of anxiousness, if you're reacting from a place of um, high anxiety, you might have background tasks that you're still fighting. You might still be in fistfights from years ago. And the body keeps the score. There's even a book called The Body Keeps the Score. You hold on to these things. You saw that snake, you tensed up. And then you just walked around like that for the rest of your life, bro, with your shoulders all scrunched up. And at some point, someone's like, hey, bro, the snake was never a snake. It's just a rope. And you can't hear shit because you ain't listening because you think you know the answers because you aren't fucking listening. Listen. And not just to me. Listen to yourself. Please listen to yourself. Don't believe everything you think, but listen. I think you're going to know when you just listen that some things aren't true. You know, you're going to, your mind is going to fill in things and tell you things that aren't true. And if it's not like from a place of love, if it's not a positive thought, a place of how can I best show up for these people that I love and love me and what a gift it is to be in this position. Cause you know, as it turns out, love isn't free. You can't just walk up to anybody and say, Hey, you want to be best friends? Hey, you want to be my wife and be my close you know, my, my close partner, hey, you want to raise a child together? Like you are in a specific, peculiar, beautiful, special spot where you're at. Look around, man. Have a little gratitude. Do you, do you have your parents in your life? Do you have friends? Do you have a wife? Do you have a loved one? Do you have neighbors? Do you have a community? Do you have people at work that you enjoy? Like whatever you do have, you have to be able to pinpoint it and look at it and go, oh, okay, yeah. All right, I got it. I got it. And also got responsibilities to show up for those people. And there really is this beautiful thing, this act of service. You're going to read that. If you dive into any sort of like religious, um, community-based, maybe religious isn't the word. Um, There's these communities in service. It's another thing about the human psyche is when you are in service to others, you're able to step out of your own bullshit and you're not thinking about all these things. You know, like when you're serving someone else, you're not serving them so you can get something. But hell, if that's where you're starting, cool. If you're like, damn it, I feel terrible. I'm going to go to the soup kitchen. So maybe I'll at least feel better about serving, serving you know, a bum some slop or whatever. You know, maybe that's an insensitive way of, of putting that. But um, I like in that moment, bro, when you're looking at some dude who's got a sleeping bag and a pair of pants with only one leg still left on it because he needed some shorts just on that side the day before, and he's sleeping on the sidewalk in downtown Austin, you think you're fucking thinking about what you got going on? No. And what happens in that moment when we're able to serve someone else and step outside of our crap is in the background, these background tasks that I was saying you got to look at, and it starts to like work itself out in a weird way. It's like this mystical, marvelous thing the universe does is when you get out of your own way, your body 
kind of becomes quiet when you serve other people, when you help other people, your body becomes quiet. And it's like, you don't have to intellectualize all these things. You don't have to like, I know I've been saying, you know, get this knowledge and shove it down your throat and read these books and listen to these podcasts and, um, you know, watch these YouTube videos and all this stuff. There's that, but there's, there's this silence that happens when you're in service to others, when you're in a quiet place. If you're able to meditate, this is what happens as well Is you're not, you know, when you're meditating, you're not, you're not solving all your problems, you dork, you're not solving any of your problems. You're stepping out of your way. So when you're breathing and you're concentrating on your breath and meditation, you've all heard this, like all you got to do is follow your breath. What happens is the you, the you yourself that follows the breath, you stop thinking about yourself. Therefore, you stop existing in that moment. And so all of your old stories can kind of, meh, they start to fall away and you kind of get more in peace with what's actually here and you stop interacting with all these stories. You stop overlaying your traumas onto every interaction that you have. You stop putting the face of the people who hurt you on the face of everyone you interact with and suddenly you see who they really are and they see who you really are and your interactions suddenly give you a permission to just be, to just be this person who's not trying to not be depressed, who's not trying to not be anxious, who's not trying to uh, you know, push away the bad thoughts that are happening as he's in the middle of this conversation right now. This takes work. There's nothing that I've said in this in this podcast episode. There's nothing that I'll send anybody. There's nothing that I will suggest to anybody that's going to solve all your problems. There's nothing that you can do that is going to, in one instant, you, I mean, you, you, you don't, this is work. You got to fucking listen. You got to work. Sorry. This is going to take, I mean, I don't know. I'm on a peculiar path because I'm doing this super out loud and I'm so obsessed with this stuff. And, but it's, it's been years, you know, and I'm, 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 I want to tell you, I'm not, I'm not in like a place where I never feel sadness. I feel sad. I still get depressed days. Um, I still, um, and by depressed days, even that, like, I don't like saying that I, I, I still have days where it seems that where I have the human feeling of depression. It's not all day because look, even if I want to say it's all day, I can listen to a funny podcast and crack a joke. Suddenly I'm laughing, but then you remember like, oh yeah, but I'm a depressed person. Oh yeah. All those sad things. You know, it's just like an argument. If you're having an argument with someone in your head, what you're doing is you're continuously bringing up that argument and you're not allowing the anger, the, the thing to dissipate. Your job is to shut up, to shut up and listen. You know, you got to just allow the better version of you to come forth and you have to take action as well as shut up and listen. And you'll know when it's time to do either of those things or any of those things. I mean, you, who you are now will be unrecognizable. No, sorry. Who you are now will be held with understanding and love in the future. You need to be able to go to a growth mindset. You need to be able to say, look, I know I've said this a ton of times already, but look, what I've been doing is not working out for me. What's been happening is not working out for me. And it's not my brain is attacking me and I'm suffering. No, that's not it. That puts you in a place of no action. It puts you in a place of not being able to do anything, man. 
It's life in your reaction to it. And I get that it's going to feel super fake. Trust me, it will feel super fake very often. But the repetition of when your mind feels shitty and it's feeding you these bad thoughts and you wake up in the morning and it's like, fuck you, dude, you suck. You're a big dummy. Your job, even if it doesn't feel genuine, your job, your work as a man, as a provider to people around you, your job, work, you have to do this or you will die, damn it. You have to say no. No, brain. Nah, man. Separate yourself into a depressed version of yourself and into a loving version of yourself. The real you and the depressed you. And when your depressed version of you is saying, man, I'm, I'm doing this and I hate that I did this and I'm regretful of this and I'm not worthy of this and I'm so sad. You say, nah. All right, what can I do? You know what makes me happy? At least 1.2% happier than I'm feeling right now is a walk outside with some vitamin D on my skin, with some sun shining directly on my skin. Go for a walk. Do something. Tell your mind, no. And it's not shoving it down. It's getting to a point where you can then sit with it later on. You don't just wait till it's an emergency to, to handle this stuff. Breath work and all these sorts of things, these aren't for just when you're having anxiety or a panic attack. Breath work is you're breathing at all times. Right now you're fucking breathing. Are you breathing from your diaphragm or up in your chest? Are you breathing really shallow? Are you breathing through your mouth? What you need to be doing is breathing through your nose pretty much at all times, breathing slow and low, deep breaths, and you can train yourself to breathe more smoothly and slowly, and it actually raises your overall levels of anxiousness on a constant basis down. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Think about it. Biologically, when we see a snake, we see a lion, there's a lion over there. Ooh, heart rate, cool. Get prepared, send blood to all of the limbs. We got to sprint, bro. We got to GTF out of here. We got to go. You're, you stop digesting properly. Your fingernails aren't, it's not time to grow. Are you kidding me? If you got to run from a fucking lion, you think it's time for your body to go like, hey, let's make sure that we have the right uh, amount of of blood flow and, and proper things going to the nails so we can make sure they grow strong and sturdy. It's like, no, no, what's not used right now to make this body survive this potential lion or snake attack, shut it down. And you're in a state of that. You have things that are happening in your body that are shut down because you're in a state of fight or flight. And you're not thinking logically because of it. You're sick because of it. I'm telling you, like, I'm looking you in the eye, man, through the camera. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'm, I'm telling you, you're not thinking clearly. You have to get to a place where you're calm. And that doesn't mean you could solve all your problems and you, you know, forgive everybody who ever hurt you in your childhood and all these things. It's no, no, right here, right now, where you're at. Sure, all those things, cool, yep. But right here, can you be where you're at for a few minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, two minutes, and you, and you focus on your breath, you focus on your breath, you know, you're, you're training this thing, you're training your breath, right? When you have an anxiety attack, if you felt those panic attack, your heart rate's up. You feel like it's going to fucking explode. You're pretty sure you're going to have a heart attack. That's like a thing, like multiple people, tons of people. By the way, if you've ever gone to the hospital for a panic attack or you wanted to, or an anxiety attack, tons of dudes go to the hospital for panic attack tons of people and they when they tell me about this 
and I hear about it through, through other podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff too. But when people tell me about this, they're still in denial that they, like they're still in a place of, like, I'm pretty sure it's not just anxiety, man. Like there's no way anxiety is, is like that. I literally thought I was going to die. Yeah. Anxiety can get that bad. Your internal thoughts can make your body think that there's a lion about to murder you. And you get stuck in that for hours on end. And think about all the processes in your body that are no longer working properly. Your digestive, your fingernails, your, um, your mental cognizies, your, your memory, um, your, your ability to be patient and, and present with, with children or your loved ones or your dog or you know, any of these things. The, the, you have to get quiet, okay? So let's wrap this up. When you get in the morning, wake up in the morning and you're feeling bad, you say no. It's not an option. All right. It doesn't have to be, unless that's really what you need. If you, if what you need, sometimes what I needed was I needed to run 14 miles and be so exhausted that my brain couldn't fight me anymore. So then I could finally sit in meditation. If that's what it's going to take you, then you need to fucking do it. It's your job to do it. Damn it. Do it. You can do it. You can handle it. You're worthy of it. Who you are right now, the person you're telling yourself that you're that you've been been or that you've been um I'm showing up as this person who is like inadequate, this person who you're like, I he's he's depressed and um he's just an anxious person. Like this view of yourself that you've painted, fuck that guy. That ain't you, man. You're strong, you're brave. Each one of us as men, as as women, as all of us, we have the ability to be brave and courageous and strong and willing. And, and wise and knowledgeable, but we have to take action. We have to take action and we have to listen. So please, I mean, all this stuff, all this stuff, I know it's such a doorway, but just open it. That's all you got to do, I think, is if you've listened to this, I hope that I've already supplied you with at least a few things that make sense. But man, from here, go to YouTube and search TED Talk, depression, TED Talk, anxiety, TED Talk, men's mental health, like start there and okay, so that speaker, oh, they have a podcast? Oh, listen to that. What do they have to say? Oh, that speaker who wrote that, man, he said some really good points about anxiety. I never even thought about anxiety like that. Oh, he's been a podcast guest on, oh, he's been on Joe Rogan? Well, I know Joe, a lot of people like Joe Rogan. I'll, I'll watch that one. Cool. I just listened to a three hour podcast and in that podcast, he mentioned this book that his therapist suggested to him, cool, I'll give that, I'll give that book a try. Your path, your way out, this rope that's being thrown down to you is this way. This is how you do it. This is, look, man, I think, I, I mean, a lot of my, a lot of my age group on here is, is millennials and stuff. I don't have a ton of um, young people on here. Um, but I think that what I try to do a lot of the times is I try to strengthen and empower the people my age as much as I can, or maybe a little bit younger, because I truly think that these younger generations are going to need um, um, d divine teachings. Like they're, they're going to need us. They're going to need us to act and speak logically and truthfully and um, from a place of authenticity in our being, you know, because they're going to be suffering like, like man, the, the technology and the social media and just the, the changing and the food and all of this, man. Uh, think about it. Where you're at right now, you think you're going to be there forever? That's bullshit. It's not true. It's no longer true. Be willing. I'm telling you right now, tell yourself, nah, it ain't going to happen. If for whatever crazy reason, you're still two hours in listening to this right now, you're done. You're on the, you're, you're on the uphill, brother. It's time. 
you're working on it. And that doesn't mean it's going to go away. And that doesn't mean that you don't feel depression or anxiety anymore. You might feel it tomorrow. You might feel it later tonight. But you're not going to sit and take it. You're not going to lay down in the storm. You're not going to just ugh, get your ass kicked every day. You're going to start fighting back. And when you fight back, you're able to be quiet with yourself. You're able to listen. You're able to hear what's actually being said. And you're able to get yourself out of the way so you can try it out. So you can try to believe it. What would it be like to believe that? What would it be like to... I wonder what... When that lady talks about her anxiety, that doesn't sound at all like my anxiety, but I wonder what it would feel like to be in her shoes. Huh. And you shut yourself up. You stop trying to put yourself into that situation. And you just listen to what this lady is saying about anxiety or whatever. And her conclusions, her way out, start to give you a little bit of a portal, you know? Like you start to go, ah, oh, okay. I have a similar thing that like I can, yeah, I guess I could probably try that. Or like, oh, you don't like running, but you, you know, you can do uh, a yoga video on YouTube from your TV. All right, that's something. Start your day with that. Listen, man, you got to work with from where you're at. Um, I feel like I can keep rambling about this forever. So listen, please, anybody message me on Instagram, Jacob from the internet. If you're, um, if there's anything that I can provide you, if there's any books that I can suggest, if there's any YouTube videos or podcasts, um, uh, anything I could do to, I, I hope that it's, sincerely I'm trying to help because I see suffering and I'm, and brother, you don't have to suffer so much, you know? you need more information and you need action. So please reach out Jacob from the internet on Instagram. Um, I have been on Facebook more lately, but you know, I don't know how long that's going to last. That place is a cesspool of butts. Um, I hope this helps. If you guys have any interaction or um, if you disagree with everything I said, please, I would love to um, speak more eloquently, not carefully. I do not like, I don't think we should police ourselves with this mental health stuff. I think we treat everybody like they're fragile sissies. And um, I think that that's that backwards law is they feel like they're fragile sissies because we're treating them like, okay, honey. And there's, there's, there's softness that needs to happen. And that is very important. And I think, you know, therapists and counselors are for that, but shit, man, my role, I'm, I'm, I used to manage skate shops. I've been a DJ for 10 years. I have a, a podcast. I have two full sleeves. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm just trying to be who I am and try to show up for you as, as, as what I can really offer. And, and, um, you know, I, I hope that I haven't said anything that harms anyone. I know that this is very, very, um, this is a, a weird, it's, it's a, it's a touchy subject because I mean, I think with depression, there's, there's this risk of suicide. And I think everyone is so careful to say the right or wrong things around someone who's suicidal and it makes them feel more ostracized, bro. And like, I just want to be the person to say, I've been suicidal as fuck, man. I've held a, I've held a, a loaded gun up to my temple. Um, and I just, I'm so different now, man. I really, I have learned so much, like, the world reality is so different now. And I just want, I want people who are in that spot for whatever reason, if you're in that spot, you just, there's a malfunction brother. It's not who you are. 
It's just, there's something not working properly. It's not you. <laughs> it's not you, bud. You're fine. Maybe you haven't been like taking the right actions or maybe you like, you know, maybe you made some mistakes. Maybe you fucked up. Maybe you said the wrong things. Maybe there's a lot of work on your personality that needs done. Maybe you're not even like that likable. Of a, maybe you're kind of a shit to be around. Whatever. Cool. It's where you're at, brother. It's not, it's not worth making yourself feel guilty. But if you want a different life outside of this, if you want to stop suffering, you're going to have to be a different person. You're going to have to change your identity, change who you are. And that starts with admitting, cool, this ain't working out for me. And that's where you're at right now. If you're listening to this episode, I hope that's exactly where you're at. Um, if you have already admitted that and somehow this has helped you, uh, if you have anybody you can send this to that you think might help them, uh, if you have a clip out of this, you can take, like if there's maybe even just one sentence or a minute long, like whatever, whatever you can do. I hope this helps. Anyway, you know the deal. Love yourself. Drink plenty of water. Um, it was never a snake, brother. I love you. I'll see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening.